Hello, welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back to discuss the fourth episode of Bodies, the miniseries, Right Up the Wazoo, written by Danusia Samal and directed by Marco Kruitz Painter or Paintner. I have to slow down when I'm trying to say those names so that I can try to say them somewhat correctly. I love this episode a lot. The directing is doing its thing. The storyline, how it unfolded. The character work was really strong. And I am really looking forward to see how things unfold in our second half of this series now that we are at least coming up to an idea of what is going on as far as how some of the events or the story arcs are are connected through time and some of the people that are connecting through time before we jump into the review wherever you listen to this podcast wherever good podcasts can be found go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe if you want to send feedback. Blackercouch at gmail.com. I thought this week I'll just go by the time periods in order. So we're going to start in 1890. Ash finds Alfred a day later, having spent it in a bar. He tries to talk about what happened with Harker, but immediately Alfred reveals what's on the top of his mind, which is the mistake of sleeping together despite Alfred initiating it. Alfred decides to end things as they stand since his plan clearly ended in folly and violation. He goes home to Charlotte and lies about being in an inmate brawl. In one of the cells however when she kisses him after his clear reluctance her worst fears i think are confirmed because before then she probably had the illusion that at least if he had any other desires his desire for her remained the only one he indulged in And that kiss revealed that is no longer the case. The way Ash and Alfred look at each other is also very palpable. Polly is dressed up and she wanted to be the one to tell her father why. She's happy that she has been recognized playing at church and someone is asked to play in their home. Something father doesn't seem to go further into inquiring about, which he should, because it appears she may have a suitor. She's disappointed only briefly, having possibly broken the chain on purpose to get her father to fix it, despite his denial of being a tinker, because it allows for her to have time with him. When he lies once again about his whereabouts last night, she calls him out on it, He doesn't answer where he was, but is proud of her for deciphering when he lies and doesn't lie to her again. And that seems to be enough for her because she's got clear dad idolization going on. 
and he genuinely loves his daughter and i think she may suspect and even accept his sexuality more so than his wife charlotte who would feel a certain kind of way that would be understandable discovering that your husband unfortunately isn't sexually attracted in the manner that's uh organic for him to you but he still loves them later at night of course while walking in the rain because the fanfic aesthetics are firing on all cylinders here alfred shows up at henry's door while he is without a shirt and admits that he is a coward and scared regarding the relationship because he will do anything to protect his family because he loves them but he also needs henry and wants to be with him so he once again initiates the kissing and the love making and i'm glad we had this scene where it showed ash still intends to go after harker independently because now i can rest easy that he's not upon being used by him and after they make love once again he doesn't have regrets about their relationship only about the investigation though all is not lost when a print from harker is found on his spectacles a whole ass day later but i digress because i know anyone who wears spectacles are always cleaning those motherfuckers those are always dirty but it's been a stressful 24 hours and he seems to only wear them when he's reading and i like that he put them on ash to tease him about it this also coincides with the press release henry plans to name harker as a prime suspect for the murder and the police cover-up which is found a little bit later and that's where we leave that story but there is a little bit of a premonition when alfred says i don't want anything to happen to you not to mention they clearly have blackmail material that he must not fully recall even though he recalled enough to know it was harker that put his glasses in his pocket gotcha bitch 1941 the most heartbreaking story arc this this episode calloway is gunning for white men knowing he killed his racist cop friend since he all but admitted it at the funeral which we've already pointed out was his mistake now they have a witness who heard two voices in the pedo's apartment kathleen is trying to still be his friend but also distance herself and she does reveal the information because he he kind of jokes with her in a manner that gets her to open up but now they believe that someone framed the pedophile which means that he was probably framed for the body which leads back to the officers the deceased officers last actions which were to follow whiteman they even want to find the yiddish girl once again with a proper interpreter exactly what the organization handling him didn't want as a possibility we lost that round but it's not over yet you get ready for the next one i feel as if whiteman knows the noose is tightening around him as he buys groceries on the way home and may even feel this is a bit of what he deserves having trifled in hooliganism 
hooliganism in the past but he's dedicated to this one good deed of getting esther on a train to scotland having purchased her a ticket it's a single ticket so he does not plan to accompany her he chews her out about having the radio on because the oven was smoking when she tried to cook in his moldy ass apartment and despite his warnings about being discovered he took the time to buy her a lollipop as a luxury to make her happy despite everyone in the neighborhood knowing he's a bachelor he even spots a tail outside and tells her when the bombs drop they'll make it to the train station so she can get on she's like you'll come with me yeah sure we'll think about it later that night the bombs begin to drop which has to be mad unsettling the i think the mantra back then was keep calm and carry on or something to that effect people don't just keep calm and carry on they don't have a stiff upper lip it's the same thing with world war ii the vietnam war world war one what happens is is they bottle up all of their emotions the entire system the entire society is traumatized with only a very few talking about it or getting the necessary help and then that trauma becomes generational because then it's how they treat their children because that's how they watch their parents and so on and so forth so this cannot have been psychologically great for the next four generations that came out of britain the scene of them running through the streets and the panic as the bombs get closer was well shot especially after we had that opening vulnerable moment where both carl and esther because he reveals his first name isn't charles but carl they share much of the same thing in common like you were placed on a boat from germany to get the fuck out of there no parents i have a similar backstory i had to grow up just like this girl and come up the ranks and raise myself and i had to do a lot of shit to get to the point where he is and that's why he kind of walks around like this dapper gentleman because it's kind of the symbolism of having made it's why he changes his name because the thing that you hate the most you also want to assimilate into as it always tends to be she runs out scared and not yet trusting this person to stay and protect her because of course it's one thing to promise to do something after 24 hours it's another thing to ignore what has been your instinct for all this time and he follows her out grabbing the ticket and gets them to a bomb shelter choosing to continue that responsibility more than just one night like we're gonna be okay i'm going to get you where you need to be not just put you on the train i'm gonna take care of you i love the artistic way you see the walls coming down for him as well not only the first name the lollipop then his hat then picking up the child versus trying to run with he's no longer thinking about just himself it's a quick but effective character development just as he tells esther to get some sleep a woman offers her shawl a kind elderly woman 
it's assumed that's his daughter he doesn't do anything to assuage that delusion and when she's offered chocolate she happily accepts he spots the man following them and asks the lady to watch her while he handles business it's like i'll be right back you better be the woman reveals her necklace of her family then her name polly to say this was a surprise and i was shooketh would be an understatement <laughs> i think it, it answers perfectly what is the connection between 1890 and 1941 i for the last four episodes because it was once it's revealed it's a big bombshell what that connection is and oh my oh my oh i cannot wait to get to the next episode how the fuck did this happen he and the unknown man get into it and he kills him despite being stabbed unfortunately it's revealed he's a cop so this all was a setup as white men heavily bleeding heads back to retrieve esther polly tells him esther is sweet and insisted she wait for him before the final blow know you are loved no god no god please no 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 unfortunately esther dies having been poisoned by the chocolates and he is devastated and so was i because just as he had decided he was going to do better he was going to change like fuck it all of this doesn't matter to me anymore uh that that hope in his life is taken away i'm still not over the poly thing i (laughs) said i'm trying real hard to to think about how she got caught up in this and i can't help it has to do with the the suitor but Elias is fucking mad old, right? When, I mean, I guess back in 1890, that's just how they rolled. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, you have money? <laughs> Why don't we do? 2023, Hassan shows her boss the exact symbol and the name she found on the brick wall. While he isn't completely dismissing it, he does believe it could be trolling which is a reasonable a reasonable explanation to put out there he apologizes for his tone earlier which is odd considering she was the one yelling and that continues my theory that he's got the sweets on her because i feel like in every storyline there's connections between people maggie finds healing head in the database with hassan kind of floored that he's a cop the scene where he's typing away as if he feels a presence as she's looking around the station was well done i know i stated it at the top but it needs to be reiterated that the directing has been outstanding in conveying the connection between these people to each other despite never meeting she is sent to whitechapel to search the archives as it's one of the few pds that still exists from so long ago sidebar i also like that for a time period especially where defund the police and the police don't have a really great 
reputation right now instead of playing into that narrative which is is already played to a lot they're choosing to play to one where it's about good cops doing what they believe is right to protect people and i i I like that twist to it because it doesn't always need to be the other narrative even if that other one seems to be far more prevalent (laughs) currently than than what to say it is doesn't mean we can't uh want and desire what it what the rhetoric is supposed to be Sidebar aside, how far do these records go back? Right up the wazoo, which is the name of our episode. She is able to find a case file under Long Harvest Lane. As I live in wheeze, Brits do have the most elaborate phrases. He seemed to really like his job, though. He finds the exact same case she is currently working on right on top of the mystery box with the keeper of the records familiar with the case to offer more what the facanons to the mix he gives her the same file the same body from 1941 you gotta be kidding me it was also whiteman's last case and i don't like the way he said that does he die i mean of course he dies he is an immortal but it seems like something happens to him right afterwards the way he said it This confirms Elias was telling the truth about the fact that the bodies had come before. Hassan tasked Maggie with running the print Hilling had collected back in 1890. She said, what is this, the time team? (laughs) I don't even know what the time team is, but it was funny. She brings the box of evidence to Barber, but asked to meet off the record over a drink because while it's easy to think this is some kind of prank the similarities cannot be overlooked and while he did make a good effort in 1890 well this is some etch-a-sketch <laughs> the humor in this episode was on point for the subtlety that it brought she says if this is a prank who the hell is laughing barbara and hassan continue to discuss the case at his place or at her place it's got to be his place and how julian harker was the prime suspect at least i know i'm not crazy yes you are it's infectious i can be your hero baby i can kiss away the pain i will stand by you forever He is her boss, so I feel as if things cannot happen, but things could be different in Britain. Maybe there's some type of rules. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that there's a lot of flirting going on in this scene. Because while she only dimly smiles at first, I notice a trait, which I will bring up once my notes tells me so. <laughs> so i don't repeat myself he totally was has the love bug for her he then points out that the legal team that was representing elias was harker legal which he finds was founded by sir julian harker 
1896. Is 1890 year zero? Because that's something Andrew brought up later. Andrew Morley works for worked for security and then took a private security job at Harker House, prompting Hassan to want to go check it out tonight. She don't believe in slow your roll. As CI, Barber can't go as this would not be off the books anymore. Anything he does is not off the books. So she has to go herself. And he says, none of your maverick shit. It ages me. Nothing written down. We just do oral. Something she chuckles at. (laughs) He's like, what are you, 12? And I think she may be kind of fond of him too. That's when I got that moment. The way she plays with her scarf, showing parts of her hair as if it's her vulnerability it's being reflected in their conversation as well. But I also noticed that she doesn't show her hair in public and she's kind of showing part of it with him. And she also at home takes her scarf off. She breaks it to Harker's house because she has no chilling. I love her for that. Finds a portrait of adult Elias Mannix who assumed the name Julian Harker and has been scheming this entire time. She also finds a recording with some information. And then, of course, they stopped it right when we wanted to get to that last little bit. You'll have to live with the uncertainties. I will tell you what you will not know. Otherwise, ensure you remember this name, Iris Maplewood. You shall need her. Maplewood will get you as far as you have to go. But remember, and then Andrew shows up and immediately knows that she's there because we knew you would come she's like you mean you and elaine he's like no 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 there are far more people a part of this cult that's what i'm going to call it now than than you are aware of some big wig people too people in power who brought elias or who they brought elias to when he was 13 in one of their big meetings and all of them were telling him how this is going to be his future And all they did was frighten him, which no shit. He knows what they know can drive the person insane like it did for Elaine and Saeed. She's like, why did Saeed die? He couldn't handle it. He could not handle it. The cognitive dissonance flipped the switch. They had to get Hassan to the body, which explains the plan by showing he had a gun with Elias giving him the gun so that she would see him, follow him, and then she would make the discovery of the body. That all checks. So according to what has happened, this has happened before. So they are definitely on a loop, if you will. They're stuck. How long they've been in this loop? Who knows? But we now know it's a loop. You got to see it before you believe it and tells her to follow him. Oh, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. She was not using her black spidey senses at all. And I was a little disappointed in that. But again, she has no chill. He takes her down in some dungeon area, showing her all the bodies from the years kept preserved in alien style like jars for some reason. Elaine's family worked for the I mean I think the 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 
evidence in the jail would be enough. This just feels creepy. No wonder he's like, it's creepy in here. Elaine's family worked for the Harkers as maids and butlers, easy prey for the cult, made to feel chosen. Maybe one of her ancestors was one of the two that was helping old old woman Harker and her seances. Elias grows up full of regret, pain over his actions, what he has done, what he's about to do, and died wanting to undo it, which is interesting, but it was too late, which is what makes it so awful being his father making him do something that he is one day going to regret and can't change is that where chapel perilous comes into play he wishes he could have helped more before locking hassan in a cellar slash bunker and that's what she get by not listening to her black spidey senses because they was tingling we were all tingling the minute that she went down in that fucking dark ass area like "Uh uh-uh This is not about to end well for you. Which leaves us with 2053. What I got from this lecture, because I don't like following (laughs) the particle accelerator, all this shit type talk. The Dolch particle plus the naked singularity equals time travel. Well, along with dark matter, because Maplewood attends Gabriel Defoe's lecture, outing his banned paper on how using dark matter can create, in theory, the singularity needed for time travel from the future and the past. He knows she has been tasked with investigating him, but he is more concerned about avoiding his fate, still denouncing any ties to Chapel Perilous and asks that she keep an even closer look at him at his home. She agrees, but will take him to her home. Iris is very tiny. <laughs> she is 5'2". Uh, in real life, she's very pretty and Israeli, the actress. Both are a little fascinated with the other having that shared experience of his death and all. And her own continued belief, despite his words, he's involved blatantly asking what Chapel Perilous believes. He gets her to drink some wine and toast himself to Gabrielle Defoe. He never quite made a mark. He made some kind of mark, just not the one I don't think he was aiming for. They continue to drink over good French wine. Defoe admits he used to be a romantic, but now is a pragmatist, believing there is no such thing as free will. It's a pleasant delusion as everything down to the taste buds you have are predetermined by nature itself spontaneity goes out of the window too which is a pity because she would have gave him the goodies defoe believes augmentation should be given to everyone if the technology exists not as a prerequisite to this new world and while she doesn't believe this new world is perfect she knows those left behind have made a choice and that this world replaced one she considered worse than before the bomb where bent politicians ruled the world sucking the planet dry to make rich people even richer and the poor even poor anything different a weakness used against you she's bought in 
At least now there's order, peace, the lungs can breathe and people care. Except we can't give people augmentation unless they join our society. And she believes that's worth fighting for to protect. But it takes away free will, which by his own definition, by the way, is an illusion. I'm not going to get too far down the rabbit hole on that because these are really just uh, little notes on the on the whole debate but I think really good cliff notes um I think because I've, I've made mention in the past about how communist societies may depending on what your what's important to you right can feel to some people that are living there not like the worst type of thing that's not me advocating for that I am not for a communist society but it's not as if I can't see what those benefits would be particularly if you are dealing with something like a high crime rate or certain issues in other countries I mean it's always about how people use the democracy system how that benefits the public and how much that benefits the politicians and the fat rich people like she's saying but I think rather the illusion is there or not I'd rather have the illusion it is better to be more romantic it is better to feel better in that but it is smarter to remain a little pragmatic about the science behind it Lerner shows up to retrieve her cat bella giving gabriel time to escape where did where did he think he was gonna run but she catches him and it really is kind of like The cutest little leprechaun jumping on this big ass man. And it's at this moment he admits being with Chapel Perilous because he says, we aren't what you think we are. Before Iris is taser because she's about to arrest him by none other than Lorna herself, which wasn't as much as a shock to me only because we heard in 2023 Iris Maplewood is important. So that means that the cult is already somewhere inceptualized her life and it was in danger. Or at least she's someone that they need that's necessary. So yeah, where is this going to go? I don't know. But she's going to be taken to the chapel, which could be a good and a bad thing because I don't have a feeling that Elias doesn't not know too much about what's going on and what's happening we do have feedback let's hop into the mailbag hey christina it's me shy i am here to give my feedback for bodies episode four um if you're hearing me clearly uh you probably can tell that i am not sounding like myself i am getting over 
being sick, uh, but no, not COVID, but with a cold, uh, which I've had all week, and so I've been kind of, uh, yeah, down and out a little bit, had to take some time off work, um, all this good stuff. Um, I watched this episode last weekend, um, and I meant to during the week to do my feedback, cause, but um, I started feeling it the day I was, last Sunday is when I was um, watching the episode, and I started to feel it then because I wasn't in the mood to do the feedback at that point, and I thought I just needed to rest and all that, but um, it ended up being a lot more to it than I thought, um, but I'm on the mend, um, just a little stuffy still. But I wanted to get my feedback out there because my team is playing today. I know you don't get into football, but, yeah, it's playoff time for me. So I already know my focus is going to be pretty much on that. Um, And, of course, whether they win or lose will determine my mood afterwards. And so, yeah, at least for a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to be completely down and out, but I'm not going to be happy um anyways this episode was you know i'm like i didn't i didn't listen to your um podcast for episode three yet so i'm not sure what your response is in regards to anything that i've said and um what your thoughts were for episode three but as far as this episode is concerned i tell you what um I am being patient, so I want to start off by saying that, but at the same time, you know how I am, and it, and it's supposed to be that way, I mean, if it's not like that, then what is the point of watching these shows, because you want answers, and so you're like, you know, and all these talking in circles, and talking in riddles, and it's like a part of you just want to say, just say it, fucking say it, you know, what's going on, but that kind of defeats the purpose, is if they're like, already spilling the beans they they gotta keep you guessing and theorizing and try to figure it out until the end so i get it but you know you know again that's the whole point of these types of shows is to want you to you know want answers and all that good stuff so um i will say i mean (laughs) i think i said in the last my last feedback but this one also, you could really go down some serious rabbit holes when it comes to the stuff that was presented. Um, let me, I'm trying to remember all that happened, but I think the main thing that I want to talk about is we've talked about, I think we've talked about this before. I don't know if it was me, you, and Mimi in another show or, or if it was just, I don't remember, but this, this concept of free will, um, and how, and what does it mean? And they, and it was brought up again in this episode, which I found fascinating. Um, you know, Defoe's explanation for it, and um, and it's like you know, because I always talk about you know people saying they don't have. I mean, they're not gonna choose like my. They're not gonna choose. They're not gonna choose making a cho- a choice. And I'm like, well, that's the very essence of what you're doing is you're making, you can't not make a choice. 
by not making a choice, you're making a choice to not make a choice. Does that make sense? So it's like, it's almost like that. And like the chicken, and the, what came first, the chicken or the egg? And in this situation, it's like, do we really have free will or is everything predetermined? But at the same time, you're doing all these things to make sure that things go about the way they're supposed to go about. So are you having free will in order to go about these things the way they're going about? Or is there no free will? Because that's already predetermined that you're going to be predetermined to be predetermined. You know, so it's always that that age old debate about free will, whether or not we have it, whether or not things will be predestined and we're just falling in line with what is already predetermined or if we're actually able to determine things on our own and depending on the variables like Defoe said will determine what happens to our lives but are those variables already in place to to ensure that things go the way they're supposed to go and so it's like but if he hadn't intervened would it have gone that way to begin with so it's always very fascinating at some point because if things are going a certain way and then you go back in time and you it's like but why are you going back in time if things are supposed to go the way they're supposed to go so obviously you go back in time to change something does that make sense because it's like if if x if a b c and d happen and then and you know and you're at d and you look back at a b and c and it's like so that happened and so why are you going back to make sure it happens but it happened already so why are you going back to make sure it happens? So you have to change. So by going back, you're changing the variables. And so therefore, it just, it's again, back to that chicken and egg. So I was like, but X, A, B, C, and D already happened. So why are you going back to make sure that the thing that already happened, happened? <laughs> like you're making sure Hassan goes, does what she does, but then she already do it to begin with, which is why y'all are at the future y'all are at or did you there was a, f- a different future but did you remember the different future you know because if you go back and change it to make sure it's a different outcome then you changed everything so that future that you had that past that you had no longer exists so are you still remembering you know timeline a and timeline b so it's like uh these these types of shows just have you really like going and warp speed down some serious level rabbit holes and all that stuff because time travel it just does that to you i mean we we dealt with it with the flash we dealt with it with dark we dealt with with a whole bunch of other shows because it's like really you know even back to the future i haven't watched that movie in a minute but you know just in terminator it's like, so did we create the very future you were trying to not create by doing the very thing that, you know, it's like, it's just crazy to me, you know, how you can really go down these um, serious uh, debates on that. Um, and you can talk for hours. And then, and again, it's, it would seem like you're talking in circles. It's just like with time travel, it's like you are you're you're going in circles. You're repeating the same thing over and over and over and over. Um, and it's like, so what if she if you don't go back at the but you did, 
Yeah, so it's just very interesting whenever I watch these types of shows because it's like, wow, I um, it's very thought-provoking. Um, one of the things that really surprised me, because I think my early theory was the woman on the phone was um, Elias's mom or Harker's mom. And no, it was Polly, which was shocking in and of itself, because I would not have guessed that um, at all. Um, but this episode, she was acting very peculiar, peculiar. But then I'm thinking so that the people that she's meeting in the afternoon is going to be the Harkers, which she didn't go into with her dad. So cause they wanted to keep that a mystery to the audience. Because I'm like, why wouldn't she like, I'm going, well, like, why wouldn't he ask her, like, who are you playing for this afternoon? And she didn't volunteer the information. So I thought that was weird. Um, and then the whole necklace thing, I felt, you know, there was a reason for that. And then, of course, sure enough, later on in the episode, we, you know, got to see what that reason was. Because um, I'm like, that's so random, you know, when it was happening at the time. And then there's their wife, you know, looking at him suspicious. And then she's like, you know, where were you last night? I'm like, what daughter asked that? Like, this, that's weird. <laughs> it's like she already knows, you know. Um, and then the wife already knows what's going on. And it's just, I don't know, it's just one of those things where I, that's why I love books. Because you get the inner dialogue between the characters uh, to help you along the way. Unlike... In the, on a movie or um, in a show, you know, you got to infer some things and, you know, kind of put it together um, on your own um, unless they out and out say it. So um, I thought that was interesting. And then um, Hassan and Barber, Barber, right? Um, you know, he's like the X-Files. This is the X-Files. And so my thing with that is I'm like trying to imagine if someone came to me at my at my agency um, where I work and was like telling me something like this, like how would I react to it? And it's and it's just like it's just one of those things because I watch so much sci-fi, I would be more receptive to this kind of possibility more so than if I wasn't in this realm of, um, uh, in this genre, um, so, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you got these different timelines with this same thing, I mean, it, it, it would pique my interest, and that's probably why I'm in the field that I'm in, because I wouldn't just dismiss it, I would want to delve deeper into it, and find out what the hell, as scary as it may seem, and, you know, this unknown, entity i mean our because it, it would it would sit with me regardless so i might as well just look into it and see what i can find and versus just trying to put my you know have my head in the clouds and pretend like i didn't see what i saw um that's just not how i go about business so i already know um i would be curious in that way um I mean, not to the point where I'm going down some dark damn alleys or some freaking, you know, shady looking places. No, but, you know, I was at least by myself. Um, I would definitely want to um, investigate, though. Um, so, yeah, the other thing was just Andrew, the Hassan scenes. 
And I'm like, that's this is where like my frustration was coming in because I'm like, can you just say what it is? Why are we talking in circles? Who are these people? Who are they? The I forget the name he used. Um, um, the circle of people. Um, and Elias, like, what is what is what is her importance? Like, why does she specifically need to be? It just seems so random, but obviously it's not random because, um. You know, she plays an important role in the person that she just met a day or two ago. So it's crazy to me how she, how that fits into the equation when she just met this kid. Um, And then I'm like, what is her son? Is there's, her son has to play a role because they talked about, he, Elias talked about having some kids sit on him, sit on his lap before he had to kill him or something. I don't know. It's just it's so much still to 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 get into to delve into and so many unanswered questions still. Um, so I'm very excited to get on to the next episode, which I will do tomorrow. I'll do tomorrow um, after I watch the game um, today because that's gonna be my focus. Like I'm gonna be going out and grabbing some food and all that good stuff. So I don't have anything else to do but enjoy the game today later today but i think that's all i have i mean i didn't know oh yeah the i already knew of course i didn't know it was polly um when they when they rescued the older lady but i'm like dude you were literally on the phone with some older lady i mean some lady we knew she was an older lady so some older lady um throughout that whole thing that was giving you instructions and yet you didn't not, nothing in you I'm talking about Whiteman nothing in you was suspicious about leaving Esther with some older lady and then just accepting candy like what I guess they didn't learn the thing about accepting candy from strangers back in the 1940s um because I'm like that just had all written all over it for me I was like no and then he goes like I'll be right back I was like yep she did uh I already knew when she offered the chocolate <laughs> like this is this is the lady I, I already I just knew it was a lady from the phone um again I didn't know Polly but I knew it was the lady from the phone um so that whole thing wasn't surprising at all now we got white men hurt, and then um, Hassan, Hassan has said something about this being his last case, so obviously he doesn't make it, whether that be because of this gut stab wound that he received or because of the war um, or whatever is going on with this cult-like whatever that they got going on. Um, something obviously happens to him. He served his purpose, and he is, yeah um but dang it was sad it was still sad I mean they bonded that quickly you know I mean he was he, he could be a douche but he actually cared about that girl and he wanted to look out look out for her I wonder if he had a sister or something like that I know he said he no longer had family I don't know if that was mentioned earlier about his family in earlier episodes um but anyway I think that's all I have for this one. Um, I had a lot to say. Uh, I don't want to take up too much of the time and rambling on and on about it. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing some things, but I saw it 
last Sunday and it's Saturday now. So um, those are the main things that stand out to me. Um, oh yeah, the best, the the, the neighbor. I, I knew there was something about her too. Like, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't think about it too much the last episode, but this one I was like, really? I mean, you always knocking on that girl door. Like, there's something not right about her. Uh, I mean, I felt there was something not right about her the last time, but I didn't think too much on it. But then when she did it again this episode, I didn't think she was part of the the whatever the 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 resistance. Um, but I, yeah, I'm like, yeah, something not right about her because like, who is that rude? I'm like, come on now. Um, Anyways, um, and then Defoe and all of that stuff we were talking about, that conversation about free will. Um, I have a feeling that maybe he's going to, like, whatever they talked about kind of changes his outlook a little bit, which is why they end up shooting him and killing him and using his body for all, for his um, project, um, time traveling project, maybe. Um, I'm not sure. But anyway, that's all I got for real. Until next time, much love, peace, and black girl magic, queen of the couch, Shy. That was Queen Shy with her thoughts on the episode. I think she said the game like 14 times. The game, the game, the game. Yes, we know what her life is uh, going to be like in the next 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> no, nah, I don't like sports. Don't, I, 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 it's not even that I don't like them. It's, I, it, it's never interested me. I've had moments where, yeah, I've been in a relationship, luckily not with my ex, but other exes, where they've liked sports. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't watch this. I'll sit down and watch it with them. I ask some questions. But is my heart and soul really into it? No. <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to be supportive go your team i did notice as soon as she started talking that she was sick and i know it's going around it's going around i love that nowadays we have to clarify it's not covid (laughs) as if that's somehow a worse sickness and your fault if you get it that's not how that rolls but that is how our psyche works because it's seen as a negative thing uh that is more your fault than (laughs) the fault of baby someone else fucked up (laughs) um so i'll keep this brief because you have not listened to my podcast for the last episode and now you have two to listen to and i think that may clarify some of your questions um but i think when it comes to (laughs) kind of that circle jerk you were doing to yourself about how the how i'm not even going to go into it think noah and not jonas because i don't want to get too far into jonas because i think noah's easier and dark i don't count flash because the flash made up its rules as it wanted to it wasn't too consistent with time travel for enough to call it a time travel show plus it wasn't like it happened occasionally and it inspired the season here and there but for the most part it wasn't a show based on time travel so i don't really count it personally but dark definitely so think about noah when he got those papers right he got the papers he knew that he was fucked over that entire time spoiler alert uh for dark 
And then what did he do with his younger self? He put him on the same path, believing what he could change something. Uh, now that he had the truth, but he knew that he still needed to go on that path in order to get the what he needed. He just figured that he would have something uh, that his knowledge would somehow uh like he he's going to be able to do something about it right and his choice in that moment is like i have to be in order to take out this person i have to set myself now on this path but it'll be worth it because i'm going to kill him at the end in the end does he kill him no someone else shows up and it's a blank gun because what we don't factor in account is is all the other people all the other unknown triggers that are in place to make sure you stay on your path that you are unaware of at the time of even whatever information you get in the future. So that's how I feel they're doing with Elias. Elias knows that he has, you know, he, at the end of his life, it seems at some point anyway, he comes to regret his actions, but it's too late. He's already sucked in everyone. He's already put out the tapes. He's already put out the cult. He can't undo it. And what's about to happen in the future? Well, that's why you can only control things up until the point that you no longer exist, right? So this is just guessing. I don't really want to guess much towards the end, but he's probably tried to make changes but that goes back to the predetermination sometimes things can the idea of free will is that you can change things and the idea of not free will is the idea that everything is predetermined by other factors that you just simply aren't aware of so rather what you know at your point doesn't change anything else because now it's sprouted out like a tree with roots I think the point of the, and this is just my interpretation of that scene, was to show why, like, oh, why didn't he ask her? Why did <laughs> I do love when people don't react like how we would react. We immediately take, uh, not offense, but just wonder, like, well, why wouldn't he? But to me, that was a character choice to, to showcase that he's a bit of an absentee father, right? He didn't even look up in that conversation the minute he started uh, fixing her chain didn't ask why she had the dress on didn't see that she was grown up because in his mind he still sees that little baby girl that's who she is to him that's where his focus goes like oh it took us so long to keep you still for this photo so i think she's like 16 17 and it's not that shocking either when you go back to the time period if you know about the 1800s yeah they they didn't i mean i'm sure there were some people who gave a fuck about their kids but for the most part it was about uh it was a bit of an abstract especially if you were the father there's i love you but it's not i know you (laughs) or want to know everything about you as a person is to make sure that you're happy and taken care of those uh traditional values bases versus i should say those more interpersonal ones we have nowadays and yeah they definitely would ask where where you were at papa i don't think that they have that relationship where she wouldn't ask that question 
So it also, and the fact that he doesn't lie to her, whereas the wife won't ask those type of questions and he can easily lie to her and not even feel regret about it. I just, to me, that was just all character work to show uh, a pattern of behavior between this family. She clearly loves her father, wants more of his attention. He's not quite as attentive as he could be despite aesthetically doing all the right things that society would have him be as a good man and a good father and a, uh, a police officer. And um, I got the, the generalization based on the factors that were already been given about why he wouldn't Elias be able to simply just change his mind because of the seances in the last episode. They were talking about how he was getting other people rich from his or the mom's predictions. He has his own law firm. My guess, power. Power begets power over 50 generations or 50 years. Uh, even if he wanted to change his mind, there are people that are not going to allow that. And they have that same, they have the exact same information as you do. And whenever this happens, this kid is a kid. So they're molding him into someone that always is despite the fact of where he may have spawned from and i'm guessing he spawned from the future and the future him is not the same as the child um what did i say here he didn't know it was someone older he actually asked her out believing her to be older what does that mean I don't <laughs> I honestly don't even know what that fucking note meant. But I did write lastly about our understanding about teenagers. It's because something I recently learned. They didn't exist. They didn't they, all these these emotions we have, these ideas that we have, they're like only two generations old. They're not they're not they've not been around for a while. We have not been we've been we've spent more time as humans treating teenagers and children as many adults by the time they reach like 12 or 13 that to act as if it's the the beyond the norm is the opposite if anything we're the we're the uh the exception to the rule all this uh investing in your child and so on and so forth these are all ideas we just decided might be good and i'm not saying they're wrong i don't agree with all of them i do think that we are have become helicopter parents that's for damn sure and it just depends too on what kind of helicopter parenting uh but yeah i all that idea (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that even if she was going out and meet someone all of that it's just not it's not relevant to the time periods presented uh even in 1941 i think that's that's when i was talking oh yeah that's when i was talking about the uh you were mentioning polly why didn't he recognize her voice well one he actually said on the phone like he asked her out he thinks that she sounds younger so when he's presented with this older lady, he's clearly never met his handler. He doesn't know that this is her handler. And and 
just no one's gonna look at an old woman who's kind and immediately go stranger day like that's also a new thing for us <laughs> and our generation and maybe our parent generation before then people helping other people is just what you did and it wasn't met with so much suspicion as we do nowadays and once again not saying it's wrong but statistically it's not saying it was horrible either um so yeah I, I don't i don't think he was weird or out of pocket that's just what people did i mean that if you go down to your parents generation you would have said like yeah i was out and other parents would would uh parent me like shit if i went over to someone else's friend's house and i got a whooping over there that's 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 just what we did community parenting so that's what I meant by that. I didn't think it was at all beyond the norm for him to to leave her for five seconds to go and try to handle this other person that's clearly following who he sees as a threat and not the older woman who's offered a shawl and she's just sitting here by herself. And there's nothing suspicious about that other than we knew to be suspicious. And sometimes that bias enforces sometimes our judgment of the actions of other people. And I do it all the time too, but I'm getting, I'm trying to anyway, get more of an understanding, especially when it's going to time periods that people just didn't think like we did or like we do currently, because it's just the, the world has afforded us the luxury of allowing us to care about children's feelings if the industrial revolution did not happen would we still be being able to have that outlook because that's basically when it started uh, and even then it still took a couple of kids being eaten up by the machine <laughs> when i say a couple i mean like hundreds <laughs> still took some fucking fires and a lot of deaths before we decided, well, maybe they should be in school instead of at work. So yeah, those are my two cents. That is where we're going to wrap it up this week. If you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com. You can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.